0: Hey, Peter Howard here on the Dynasty Crossroads show. Don't let them know. Keep it quiet. But I've infiltrated the nerd base. Come check out the show. I'll tell you how to beat them. Thanks. Yeah! Chicken a crow, crow, chicken a crow. Crossing
1: the... Hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads show. Do you find yourself thinking about nerds? Do you want to beat nerds all the time? Do you sometimes...
0: I know. Whatever Dynasty house would say, listen to the Dynasty Crossroads. I hope you beat the nerds. Let's go. Yeah! Chicken
1: a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the- From Dynasty League football.com and a DLF family of podcasts. It's me. It's me, it's that old SFD roaming the streets of Superflex City, and this is a Superflex Super Show! Yes, finally, finally back from the draft, and I guess we still have to talk rookies, don't we? I've been, my my guest doesn't realize this, I don't think, but I've been complaining what for the last month super friends <laughs> how long has it been that <laughs> i've been saying we're 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 still doing startups we're making 30 picks in the freaking startup but all you want to talk about is the three or four picks you're gonna make in a rookie draft so fine we'll do it we'll do it if we're going to do it though we're gonna do it right i got to bring in one of my absolute favorite people and one of the absolute best at breaking down the 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 film the profiles on the rookies he also is a is a damn good musician and uh gave us the uh the intro for super flex city uh patterned after uh david bowie <laughs> a pale uh, imitation <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man that was pretty strong i like i here i was I, like I was thinking about Starship and, and we built this city on Superflex and yeah, as kind of lame compared to I, so forget city. <laughs> I, I, I Yeah, I got to be honest
0: when when you sent me the, the Starship and I was like, I, I, I don't know. Let me see if I can. I got something in my in my head. Maybe I can maybe I can come up with something. But yeah,
1: I liked it. <laughs> it, it worked out great. I mean. Like, I didn't even know that people vote on this, but apparently that song, uh, We Built This City, has been voted the worst rock song <laughs> of all times. <laughs> so, so I think you saved me from uh, from some embarrassment there, Zach Reed. at uh, Tacit Assassin 13 on Twitter. And uh, it, anyone who didn't uh, read my my uh 20 questions interview on dlf um <laughs> which i don't know why you would but <laughs> but i i i did it for a reason like I, like they asked me to answer the questions i answered them what do you want me to do but one of the questions was who's the most who's one of the most uh who's the most underfollowed or what's one of the most underfollowed accounts on twitter and my response was the fact that Zach Reed is not an A-list celebrity at this point just absolutely blows my mind. So, we've that that just tells you the the type of regard that I hold you in, my friend. And uh, it's awesome to have you back. It's been way it's been way too long. It, it has been an awful long time. You're far too
0: effusive when you praise John. Like I'm, I'm just a dummy and, and look, if you don't want to talk rookies, I've got some great recipes. I mean, we can, you know, we can,
1: <laughs> nah, I, but, but I, I, I always said we'd all be dummies if it wasn't for the dummies. So, <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, uh yeah. It, so the last time was, man, it was at least two years ago, maybe three and not only that i kind of threw a curveball at you and brought on peter howard uh <laughs> the uh the fantasy community's character actor like the uh the <laughs> the anti-hero peter howard um who just kind of like the the whole dynamic changes of the show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every everybody's role on the on the show changes once you mix in some peter howard so um, it is fun as it was. Uh, it's awesome to get you one-on-one here so that we can talk about some rookies. Uh, awesome to have you back. Like I said, way too long. Um, we need to make it way more frequent than this.
0: Yes. Yes. I look, I'm always, I'm always around. I'm, I'm never doing very, very much after eight. when I, when I put the kids down mm-hmm. and, uh, and so like, This is, this is great. Like let's, let's, man, let's do this more often. And, and let's, let's jump into, this is a fun ish rookie class. Uh, The the top end is going to be a lot of fun. The bottom end, I feel like we're going to, we're (laughs) going to rain on some, we're going to rain on some parades and, and, and I've, I've kind of developed a bad reputation on, on Twitter because I started poo pooing this draft class back in December (laughs) <laughs> you know, when it, when I, cause I was, I started doing my, my film evaluation early because we had that kind of weird COVID year where a lot of guys opted out. And, and so like I was able to watch a whole bunch of players early and then kind of film trickled in after that. And I'm watching this class. And I'm like, this is not quite what everyone is billing it as.
1: Yeah. But is there a reason for that? Like, did, did we have some, you know and like uh justin ross i guess goes back to school you know we had a handful of guys like that but i mean is that the the reason or or was it just did i mean did we just uh like we had we had covid we had a you know a bunch of these guys sat out you know there was I I think maybe there was maybe some mystique around some of these players that didn't get disproven (laughs) by their shitty play on the field. I don't know. (laughs) I think as part of that,
0: and I think partially now, like Debbie is becoming much, much bigger. And people are getting excited about players earlier and earlier. And there is a difference between being able to hack it in, say, like the Mac and, and being able to hack it in, in you know, the, the NFC West. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's a different, you know, animal. And so with a lot of this class, like, everyone is just a, too small or, or not quite quick enough or not quite – I mean, like, there were five running backs in this class that if they were another 20, 25 pounds heavier or – you know, two or three inches and and fifteen pounds, heavy. like they would be exciting, but mm-hmm. but instead they're satellite backs or you know guys without a country or without a position, and so, like that to me just kind of it it took the wind out of the sails of this class, and even like Rondell Moore, I love Rondell Moore in this class. Yes, Rondell yeah. Moore is. He was my favorite player to watch, and he also had my highest film grade. And Rondell Moore is going to have an uphill battle because he is not very big. He's 5'8 if he stands on a phone book, and you know he's whatever, 185 pounds. And, and, but he's so fast, so quick, but a whole bunch of the other players in this draft class. Don't have the the talent that Rondell Moore have has, but they have the 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 body type. Yeah, and so that just like uh, this class just uh, I, I saw it with. Um, with the Dynasty Trades HQ with, with Shane Manila uh last week had a had a show where he, he called this this class a bunch of Lilliputians. And I was like, that, first of all, that's fantastic that you're drawing Jonathan Swift references into fantasy football. That is my kind of, of thing. Uh this week I quoted Ray Bradbury on on the Dynasty dummies, but beyond that, yeah, they're tiny. Like this it's just a, a bunch of midgets running around in this 21 class
1: i know like so they all just get comp to tyree kill and it's just like <laughs> yeah. is that like that after a while this just feels like lazy analysis guys just because tyree kill was the only little guy running around here and now like all of a sudden there's they're just everywhere a bunch of ankle biters like so <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna throw them into the same bucket just call him tyree kill like <laughs> Yeah, I that's that's kind of how it felt with like Rondell Moore feels like just kind of the like this draft class embodied a little bit, you know. Just the again, there was kind of that mystique, you know. Um, In in you know, you just kind of you learn more about him as he goes through the the draft process um i mean luckily he didn't have the combine so like the pro day is a little bit easier to kind of fudge some stuff uh, <laughs> but still like it turns out that he's freaking tiny he's like danny woodhead size and, <laughs> and you know and then it like it's it, that part's a little bit of a turn off but whatever and it, i like i don't know about you but i don't i don't love the landing spot like that just kind of solidified his that was just kind of the 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 exclamation point on his slide for me so i think it it depends on how
0: you feel about christian kirk uh and and the rest of the the, the kind of slot ish receivers there in arizona yeah because because i think you obviously you have DeAndre Hopkins on one side we're not even going to debate that they they ended up with AJ Green on the other side so so now you've got your 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 X and your Z your kind of your sideline receivers uh fixed but the way they work in Arizona there are a lot of of four wide receiver sets mm-hmm. i mean tight end has been kind of a, a, an abysmal thing in Arizona for a long time and I also think that with Kyler Murray, one of the things that has been missing is somebody over the middle of the field who can create separation and has a little dynamism. They hmm. haven't had that. I mean, no offense to Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is a Hall of Famer. He's he's fantastic. But he was not getting out of his own way once he caught the ball, you know, the last couple of years. He's lost a step or two. And, and Rondell Moore, I think, gives you that. And so if you're expecting him to come out and be Justin Jefferson uh, or, or Ceedee Lamb in, in a first year or, or A.J. Brown a couple of years ago, you're going to be disappointed. Like hmm. he's not going to come out and command that volume. He just isn't because he's got DeAndre Hopkins on one side. He's got A.J. Green on the other side. He's probably got Christian Kirk uh, opposite him. I think he beats out Andy Isabella because Isabella is really a downfield threat. Even though people f- look at him and say you know, he's, he's small and white and he must be <laughs> Wes Welker and William <laughs> Edelman, he's, he's not. Like he's, he's a lot closer to doing things like Brandon Cooks mm-hmm. than he is to Edelman and, and Welker, but he's not quite – I don't know. Like, that's not the threat that Kyler Murray needs. Kyler Murray needs now somebody who can go over the middle of the field, somebody who can create after the catch, and that is absolutely Rondell Moore. And so you're looking at him landing on a team that throws the ball 600-plus times,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he can create for himself. He's got a quarterback who can move the pocket, which gives him more time to break down defenders if he ends up in you know man coverage. I, like I don't hate it, and I love the fact that he got first two round capital. And so, does does Rondell Moore drop down a little bit for me? Yes, because some well, maybe he doesn't drop down. Some other guys jumped up, um, mm-hmm. but but Moore still is in that first round for me. I, I yeah. think that he's still one of the players that I am looking. To, to acquire in my rookie draft, but I uh, and I said this when when I first started evaluating him. I said people are not going to like him. He doesn't fit in the box that everybody everyone's trying to find Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Well, Rondell Moore is a far cry from from Calvin Johnson. Uh he If he stood on his own shoulders, he would be pretty close to Calvin Johnson's height, but. He is a player who eventually, I think, is going to drive volume from the slot, can be used in a whole bunch of different avenues. I mean, he can take jet sweeps and touches like that. But I also think he's really good over the middle, really good at creating separation. And if you're not paying attention on defense, he can get over the top of a corner. And once he's gone, he runs a 4-3. Like, he's, he's gone. So yeah. I, I, I don't mind that landing spot as much as – a lot of other people that I've heard and really landing spot with a wide receiver. I'm going to shrug because it's going to be different in two years and he's going to be there for, for at least four. So.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm, ultimately I'm going to end up bouncing around a little bit here. I think Um, at first I, I, like I might've even uh, kind of given you the illusion that I was going to have some kind of structure to this episode <laughs> before we started um it, and I mean maybe we'll settle into that but I mean right now here we are we're on Rondell Moore uh I want to I want to ask you about like kind of the tier that he would fit in um you know where does the landing spot put him like for me uh, I it, what I'm seeing right now in rookie drafts is people kind of deciding between him Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall, like that kind of seems like, like the tier. Um, and it's kind of like early second. Um, I don't know. Like how, how would you, how would you structure that tier? Do those three belong in there? Does anybody else belong in there? So I, I've got right now, Rondell Moore, uh, Jalen
0: Waddell, and and Rashad Bateman as a tier. And I know that's a little okay. bit like everybody is loving Jalen Waddle. he got the draft capital he, he you know he ended up in Miami. It, it looks nice. He feels a little bit like that Henry Ruggs trap to me mm-hmm. and not just because they went to Alabama together but but there are a lot of similarities in the game The, the thing I do like about Waddle uh is, he's probably going to play out of the slot in Miami, which, which should drive targets closer to the line of scrimmage, which should drive volume, which should allow him to use his, his skills after the catch. So ultimately that landing spot I like, but, but I had the player down uh, another tier below uh, where, where Rashad Bateman and Rondell Moore were in my pre-draft. So, Waddle came up as opposed to to like Moore and and Bateman dropping down. So that that to me is is a tier with Rondell Moore, Jalen Waddle, and Rashad Bateman. and that's like right at my turn. So that's like 11, 12, thirteen. Um, so so if we're looking at my draft board, mm-hmm. uh, and we're obviously we're super flexy we're here. Yes. And, and so I start off with, with the three quarterbacks that I have confidence in being uh really, really good NFL players and more to the point, really fantastic fantasy assets. So, so I'm starting off Lawrence fields and Trey Lance Trey is Lance it, with that rushing upside, like is a lock.
1: Is that a tier for you or, or yeah. is Lawrence kind of in his own tier?
0: I, I think I, I really think that Lawrence and Fields are really similar in terms of skill level. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Lawrence just uh, that that little bit of an extra nod because he's he's been the one on one forever. That didn't change. But I really like Justin Fields and and Trey Lance. I actually had at my quarterback four in evaluation, mm-hmm. but with that trade up with San Francisco landing him with the kind of look to the future um with that with that particular team it bumps him up to that that top echelon of of quarterbacks once i'm out of those 3 mm-hmm. it, it starts to i start to get into and i know this is going to go against qbx and it's going to go against that like be the, careful I, be look, careful look, <laughs> i understand like quarterback is is incredibly valuable in in super flex leagues but they've got a hit you sure a, yeah. a bad quarterback is not valuable to anybody and so I am a lot more confident in Jamar Chase Devonte Smith and Kyle Pitts he said like, <laughs> I hate like I said this to you before but like I hate hate the fact that I've got Kyle Pitts in the first round of rookie drafts it is it is just an abomination like I really I have a religious exemption from drafting tight ends <laughs> in the first round of rookie drafts yeah. and I'm I'm going to I'm going to break that this year and it's you not to. You yeah, kind of have to. And that's like it's not necessarily that Kyle Pitts is I mean he is great. He's he's the best tight end that I've evaluated uh since I've been doing this. So so in the last 5 or 6 years he's the best tight end I've evaluated. But we mm. know nothing about how good tight ends become good tight ends aside from they need to be athletic. Like that's, that's like the, the one kind of trait that, that flows through all of the, the tight ends and ties them together. But pits right now, the community is so high on pits that even though it's an overpay in a rookie draft to, to go take him in the first round and, and, you know, in a single quarterback league, I could see him going one-on-one. Oh, yeah. And it it wouldn't be. It's an overpay. It's stupid. But if you back it up and you look at what he's doing in startup drafts where sometimes he's going the overall tight end one, that overpay in a rookie draft is not an overpay. I mean, it's like it's like going to Disney and and going to one of their signature restaurants and and you've got to use your two dining credits and you're like holy cow like this is crazy expensive and and then all of a sudden you you come back to the real world and and you go to New York and you go dine at uh, you know a, a James Beard award winning chef who's got a couple of of they don't do Michelin stars in the United States what is it the uh, there's something else but but mi- like Michelin star restaurant and you're like holy cow like spending my dining plan you know for for that in, in Disney was all right. Like, this is my, you know, going and getting Kyle Pitts in a rookie draft is actually of value, even though it's an overpay. And and even if you never have him start in your lineup, you absolutely gain value by drafting him because you can turn around and trade him now because the, the community has gone so crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so we're running Superflex ADP mocks right now for – DynastyLeagueFootball.com. And I, uh, you know, it's it, it's incomplete data right at the moment. But like what I can tell you is, I mean, it looks like Kyle Pitts is going to have an ADP of the late third round in startups, just missed being tight end two. He's like two <laughs> spots behind George Kittle right now. It's it's George Kittle, CD Lamb, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> like that's, that's where we're at without him. Like he hasn't even tried on his like they haven't fitted him for pads yet, <laughs> you know they haven't set foot on the field yet, yeah. Uh, and and we're already there, so yeah. I mean, like it's 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 so tough because for me the rookie draft can be such a like it's it's kind of your one chance to address some needs, you know, without overpaying. But like you like you said, like the value is you know the you've got the value of of the you know call it the 4th overall pick in your rookie draft and then you've got the value of Kyle <laughs> Pitts on your roster and yeah. like it's it's two totally different things which is crazy because you know 104 is Pitts but like once you've got Pitts on your roster i mean like you could you could conceivably trade Pitts for one of those rookie quarterbacks that were taken ahead of him straight yeah. up. Like, that's kinda... Potentially
0: plus like, yeah, uh, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a DM chat with, with John Bosch and John Bauer, and they have been running an experiment where they've been trying to trade Travis Kelsey to get Kyle Pitts and they have been turned down. Yeah like like that's yeah. that's where we're at like it's it's not theoretical anymore that he is like being valued as a as a tight end one even if he ends up being eric ebron if you draft him and trade him you've you've just made a huge uh you you basically like short sold uh Kyle Pitts you, you just amc made you know made tons of money without even holding uh, you know Kyle Pitts, at all. You just, you were, you were borrowing him for a minute and you sold him back and, yeah, and just made a huge windfall.
1: <laughs> the GameStop. Yeah. Yeah. The GameStop move with him. Yeah. So, actually, man, I, 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 I want to get back to the quarterbacks, but like this is just so, it's so <laughs> fascinating what, what's going on with him. And like, I mean, we're talking, we're not even talking about tight end premium. No, you no. Know? Like, once you incorporate any kind of tight end premium, man, I like he's he's gonna go 102 in a lot of drafts, you know, a lot of super flex drafts. He's gonna go ahead of Fields, he's gonna go ahead of Lance, um, even even with half a point, you know. So it's just like the 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 value is just uh, like I don't know how you how you pass it up at this point. <laughs>
0: It is. It it becomes game theory. Like it, it it stops being fantasy football and it and it becomes a cost benefit analysis of of this pick and and what Kyle Pitts is is now worth on the market. And it and it's it's what the what the market says he's worth because he hasn't played yet. So yeah. you don't know, you don't have his production, you don't know what he's going to be worth in terms of like fantasy points to your team. The only thing you have for value right now is, is what the community says he's worth.
1: And right now it's an incredible amount. Yeah. So let, here's, here's, uh, here's a, here's a quick exercise I want to do with this. Uh, so you get stranded on a desert Island for the next <laughs> year. Okay. And you get, you, you get a phone call quick, five minutes with a super flex dude, I don't know why you chose to call me and not your, your wife and kids, but he, hey, you know, like you can answer to them later. <laughs> but you ask me, who was the tight end one out of this rookie class? And I tell you it was not Kyle Pitts. Who was it? Who do you – who who's your next guess? Uh, Hunter, it was it Hunter
0: Long. Yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's my guy that's the – I mean, I, I think people are sleeping on him. He is – you know, he went in the third. He went to Miami. Yeah, Miami's already got Gasecki. But the thing that Gaseki and, and Hunter Long uh, have in common is Hunter Long is an absolute athletic freak, just like Gaseki was. Hunter Long is in the top 15%. I don't know if you follow Kent Lee Platt. You should. He's at Math Bomb, and he does the RAS score, the relative athletic score, and he's got that – charted all the way back to i think it's 1983 and Hunter Long is in the top 15% of tight ends athletically since since then and and so if you're if you're looking for uh again that that common thread among pro bowl tight ends is the fact that they are uber athletes well Hunter Long is that he also uh was most of Boston College's receiving Uh, offense. And, and again, you land in a spot in Miami where Gasecki's on the last year of his contract. You don't really know what their receiving core is going to look like, but you do know you have Tua and with Tua comes the need to get the ball out quickly, need to get the ball close to the line of scrimmage. How do you do that? You do that with slot receivers. You do that with tight ends. And you do that with running backs. Well, if you got Hunter Long, the athletic tight end who can who can block and who can catch, you know, obviously has proven himself at, at BC. That's that's a, a dart throw that I'm taking. I, I've been getting him in the fifth round. I've been seeing him go undrafted, and I really think that he's probably the next in line in this class behind uh, behind Kyle Pitts. If I were going to make that bet on who's going to be the tight end one.
1: I like it. How have you done very many rookie drafts at this point? I've only been through two. Um, okay, and and one was one was
0: pre-draft. Uh, that was that was uh, Russ Fisher Dynasty Outhouse, uh being a diabolical genius and saying we're going to have a, a rookie draft uh, the week before <laughs> the NFL draft. And I said okay. So so I had uh, my fourth round pick and two fifth round picks, and that was it. Like I tra- had traded completely out because I, I draft capital, draft yeah. capital is the most predictive of anything we've got, and so if I can't add draft capital to what what I'm doing with my my film work, then it it's I'd rather trade and and acquire players that I are are proven assets in the NFL, and so my first pick was was like four, oh nine or four ten. And it was it was Hunter Long, and everyone kind of looked at me and I was like, What do you think I was gonna draft Trey McKitty? I love that name. Like I was like <laughs> yeah. and uh
1: and, It's like a and, porn name.
0: Yeah, oh, it's <laughs> uh, I have got a I've got a, a gif that I made that is uh Victor Cruz doing the salsa dance with a cat head on it. And I just anytime <laughs> anyone says Trey McKitty, I just fire that gif off. <laughs>
1: It it could be either a porn name or it could be like a children's yeah like (laughs) someone on paw patrol. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Trey McKinney's stuck out in the middle of the lake again. All right, rubble on the double, you know.
1: (laughs) But it couldn't be anything in the middle. It's either (laughs) like super wholesome or super not, like there's no room in the middle (laughs) there. But so Hunter Long. I mean, going in the fourth round, uh, like uh, I assume I, I'm trying to remember, I mean, I've done, I've done a handful of, of rookie drafts already between mocks and, and live drafts. I don't know that I've seen Hunter long drafted in, you know, three and sometimes even four round rookie drafts. And like, to me, this is. Uh, it, uh, again, you know, if you, if you have the opportunity to trade out, that's probably the way to go. That said, because those hit rates are so low in, the, in yeah. the third and fourth round, it's almost like you're, you'd almost rather have the empty roster space a lot of times. But I mean, if you take Kyle Pitts, like isn't the move to also use that late pick on Hunter long, just kind of, that's just kind of tight end insurance. You
0: know, I, I I like that move, and, and and especially again, especially if you're in a premium. But but yeah. anyway, like I, I will, I tend to do that. Um, where where if there's a if there's a draft class, and, and I end up with tight end, I fire a lot of bullets in in the later rounds if I have those picks on tight ends, on athletic tight ends. It's how I ended up with George Kittle. George Kittle was a fourth round pick, fifth round pick in rookie drafts the the, the year he came out. And Kyle uh, Kyle Labrec, who who um, was my was my co host with the Dummies, did a cheat sheet. And part of his cheat sheet for the draft classes was athleticism scores. Well, his athleticism scores kicked out George Kittle as the best athlete in that class. Okay, so if if tight ends are – are are you need to have that athleticism in order to be a great tight end, looking at, at athleticism seems like a, a good idea in the later rounds. And it's it's the most predictive uh, – a- athleticism tied to tight ends is more predictive than it is with any other position. Yeah. So athleticism doesn't matter as much to any other position as it does to tight end.
1: When, and I mean, that was supposed to be a great, great tight end class. Yeah. And now here we are with George Kittle and a whole lot of yeah. not like well, out of guys, guys that I mean, O.J. Howard would it would have been in a conversation with Kyle Pitts, I believe. Yeah. Well, um, and that was the man. I remember
0: uh, mowing my lawn, listening to people talk about that tight end class. Yeah, and I remember hearing this is the class that you need to trade up into the first round and get a tight end because you're never going to get them cheaper than you are in the the rookie draft. And I mean that that's like my pushback and my my little bit of hesitation on Pits stems from hearing that with with that class with Evan Ingram and OJ Howard and David Njoku. And then again, hearing it with Hawkinson and Fant, and and now hearing it ag- again with Kyle Pitts, the difference is Kyle Pitts is already valued, yeah, up, up above you know where you have ever seen uh, any of these rookie tight ends be valued. Yeah,
1: <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it like I'm with you on this across the board by the way. Like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't that, like That may not be
0: good. You may not, <laughs> you may not want to admit that. I mean, anytime you're, you're, you know, on the same page as me, you, you, <laughs> I may have led you astray.
1: Nah, that's why you're here, man. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I am a huge fan of confirmation bias and I get that <laughs> from, <laughs> and I get that from you. Um, <laughs> Uh, especially right now, like I don't get a whole lot of that on Twitter. So, uh, (laughs) here on my podcast where there's only two of us with microphones, everyone else is just kind of shouting at their phone. Uh, (laughs) this is, this is the dream for me, but no, like, I mean, just, it, it just feels like such bad process to like, regardless of what happens with Kyle Pitts it feels like really bad process to draft a tight end in the first round. Like, you know, especially if you don't have a premium. And again, these mock drafts that we're doing, there's no premium. Everybody knows that they're just, it's just straight up. You know what? He's, he's a better pass catcher than, you know, and fill in the blank. And they're saying DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen. Like those are some of the guys that are, that he's going ahead of. Yeah, And I, I just, I, I, I don't know. It just, there's way too much pop culture going into this one. And I don't like it.
0: Well, and, and it's, it's the same phenomenon that, that I've been advocating, taking advantage of with you see these micro markets, because we we've gotten twitter has gotten so big and so many people pay attention to uh, you know twitter and and the analysts on twitter and the analysts are all paying attention to each other and so we we correct situations so fast now but mm-hmm. we tend to overshoot them so so if somebody says you know Kyle Pitts is the is the best tight end in this class it doesn't come across as how Kyle Pitts is the best tight end in this class all of a sudden it's Kyle Pitts is is the best tight end prospect we've ever seen, <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden it's no Kyle Pitts is the is the tight end one, and everybody who's consuming this, they, I mean it's almost like that scene in Hook where where Rufio is going back and forth with with Peter and and they're trying to figure out who is the real Pan, yeah. and all, all the Lost Boys will run to one side, and then he says well, wow. but he can do you know. And they run to the other side. I mean, that's what we do as a as a community now, and we overshoot the mark, which leads to places where you can, if you're paying attention, really reap some value. And the Kyle Pitts situation is a, is another one of these where, like, if he hits and and if he's everything that everyone says, you broke even. Yeah. If he doesn't, and you and you you drafted him and traded him. You won big. So the worst that's going to happen is you broke even. Mm -hmm. Like that's 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 a win. Like I'll take that bet. If somebody's like, "Hey, I will bet you, uh, you know, something is going to happen, and if you lose, nothing happens to you, and if you win, I'm going to pay you," I'll I'll take that bet. Like that's a that's a winning proposition.
1: Yeah. So in Superflex, you're taking Jamar Chase. Yeah, well, I I guess kind of regardless of the format, you're still taking Jamar Chase though ahead of Kyle Pitts, right?
0: I personally would, uh but it also depends on it depends on your league. Like I want mm-hmm. I want Chase on my roster. Uh I want Chase in my lineup. I yeah. I think Jamar Chase has has a chance to be one of those rare uh elite wide receivers that that don't come along every year. Um if i have a if i have a league that is really uh trade happy if i have a league that that i know that i can draft pits and trade him mm-hmm. maybe i maybe i take pits and then turn around and trade him for you know the 104 105 plus because i think you can do that yeah. um or, you know or or go and and find somebody else that i like maybe it, maybe i trade him for Hawkinson and like Jerry Judy. I mean, may, I think you could probably get something like that, and then you've you've won. Uh, and then if Jerry Judy becomes what I think he's going to be, you've really won. Um, you know, so it it depends on the league. But if you're asking me who I want on my roster in my lineup, I I really think uh, Jamar Chase. I have I have a lot more confidence that Chase is going to be everything I think he is then Pitts will be just because it's such a harder road for a tight end to to
1: get up into that upper echelon. And to, yeah, to matter. That's exactly where I was going with it, though, by the way. I was like, so Jamar Chase is the pick to take into the season and beyond. Yeah. But, like, I mean, if you go on the clock at, you know, 104 – it went, you know, three quarterbacks ahead of you, you go on the clock at one Oh four. First of all, you know, just, just a little house cleaning thing. Everybody like pet, it's a pet peeve of mine. When somebody just jumps on, you know, you're, you're on the clock, you just jump on and make a pick without mm. looking at your trade proposals. Don't freaking do that because you're miss you're, you're missing a chance here. And I bet you. The, when you go on the clock at 104 and Kyle Pitts is still there, you're going to have some pretty juicy trade offers. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm, that's where I'm kind of thinking the move might be: just go ahead and take Kyle Pitts, and then see what the trade offers look like after that, because <laughs> yeah. I think they're going to get even better. Oh, well, it's
0: it's going to get louder and louder and louder until the season happens. Like like we we're, we're we're still not in like. Peak pits, yeah, yeah, which is which is crazy to think because he's already he's already tight end one or two, like, and yeah. we're not we're not at peak pits.
1: I know. Oh. Yeah, I wonder if he makes it into the startup first round. It's, I mean, it's not a huge jump at this point. No, he's and and people are going to be able to talk themselves into pits over you know some of the second round quarterbacks like you know Jalen Hurts for sure that that should be a pretty easy one Matthew Stafford you know he's old Kyle Pitts isn't Aaron <laughs> Rodgers people are going to do that that's going to suck um that's going to hurt me you know <laughs> like it, it it's really not a hard you know, hard leap to make at this point you'd be proud of me though i j- i just traded up
0: in a startup uh to get Aaron Rodgers had a in- but you were still there in the fifth round. Everyone is oh, so scared nuts. about this, and and so I was uh, like, I traded I traded a, a twenty two second and whatever my my next pick was, my sixth round pick to move up and get him. And I was like, Yeah, I'll I'll take Aaron Rodgers in the fifth. Like this is league MVP. Uh, it's, sure, it's stealing. Yeah, yeah. I Man. thought of
1: you, and I did it too. I was like, This is, <laughs> this is great, John. is going to be happy with me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Hell yes, yeah. I man I I wish that people would take the same approach to quarterbacks that they take to running backs you know they they're fine with the fact that Ezekiel Elliott's going into year 6 and you know we're kind of on the downside they're fine with that they're, they're no no worries at all with Kamara, Dalvin <laughs> Cook and it's like man Aaron Rodgers is going to be fantasy viable longer than those guys honestly like that's yeah. just the way the career trajectories at those positions work. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yes, I'm, I'm very proud of you. That is like, that is, it's, it's heroic of you to stop Aaron Rodgers' <laughs> Rogers fall. <laughs> Someone had to do it. I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> you are the man. L- let's go back to those quarterbacks i I mean we could we could complain about kyle pitts forever that thing's (laughs) nuts that's just such a weird little value pocket um (laughs) (laughs) but the the quarterbacks like all right so so you know you you've got the all three of them in a tier um i'm curious like is there is there a roster build is there a scenario where you see yourself taking you know Justin Fields or Trey Lance either one of them over Trevor Lawrence like is there no. is there
0: no i i don't think there is and and yeah. i've got so i've got the 101 in a league with J Mike and J Mike has the 102 in the the 12 olympians league and and we've kind of been going back and forth about this and i i just i think that for me Lawrence has been that guy and he does so much right and he does so many things that are going to translate into the NFL and you know honestly I think he gets he gets overlooked a little bit as a runner mm-hmm. uh because I mean maybe it's the maybe it's the long blonde hair and and you know the the fact that he played at Clemson but like Lawrence is a, is a burner. Like he can actually get out and get after it when when he when he gets an opening. I don't love always his decisions in the RPO. I think sometimes he he um he keeps the ball when he shouldn't and and also I think sometimes he gets caught uh getting the ball out too quickly to like covered receivers like as a as a dump off when when that happens so like if he if he's in an RPO and he he pulls it back and is like all right what am i going to do and he just gets rid of it because he's got pressure but like there really aren't very many knocks on him and he's just been so productive for so long that that it's hard to see him falling on his face and it's mm-hmm. easy to see him being one of the one of the top tier quarterbacks for a long time. I mean, he's got the got the arm. He's got the rushing ability. He's got the intelligence. He's basically got the entire package. And and unless Urban Meyer really screws up this experiment in Jacksonville, he's the one on one for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. So really, where the where the tier comes into play is more that like you know if you're a one on one. And you get an offer for, you know, one or two plus like that's That's a move worth making because you're really not losing much going from Lawrence to fields. But you wouldn't actually you wouldn't make the you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't just take fields for, you know, whatever. Like there isn't really a roster build where that makes sense.
0: No, I mean, I, I, I do, I don't think so. I, I really yeah. don't. I mean, like I guess you could get real cute if you had Allen Robinson and like stack fields and but like, even then it's, you're just, just, yeah. just take, take Lawrence <laughs> and, and be happy. I'm like, if I got the offer to like get, get one Oh two plus for that one Oh one, and and move back and take fields. Like, yeah, I'll probably do that because I, I really like Justin Fields. I think that he's going to be a very good player. I think that he got knocked for things that Ohio State didn't ask him to do rather mm-hmm. than things he can't do. And those are that's different. Like we don't often draw that distinction, but I, I really think that that Justin Fields you know, they, they talked about his processing speed and they talked about him not, not checking down and, and not going through reads. And, and a lot of that was, was just the fact that Ohio State didn't necessarily ask him to do that. And the other part is, he's making great reads pre-snap. And mm-hmm. so if if you make a good read pre-snap, you're not necessarily going to your second or third read. You You're going to the guy who's open. And he did that an awful lot. And so I think that like I really like Justin Fields and his running style again with with fantasy football and the quarterbacks now you need to have rushing ability in order to be a, a top tier quarterback like that's just a thing um you know it's so valuable and his running style although he's not like a primary runner like that's not something he does as his as his initial weapon he runs a lot like Dak Prescott to me which which is a compliment, which is which is when things are there, he takes it. Uh and and he's he's smart about where he runs and he picks and chooses the spots he runs and it maximizes the value. And and he's very good. Dak does this. Dak's, Dak scores like six touchdowns a year on the ground. And, and it's all from like the 18 to the like 23, where like he'll drop back and they've got pretty good coverage, and then all of a sudden he's just like. All right, there's a lane. I'm gone, and he <laughs> scores. And and Fields will do that. And so I think again, he's he's another guy who is is very good. And I'm seeing drafts where uh, where where Zach Wilson is going ahead of him, like because the Jets took because draft capital, which, right? <laughs> okay, like draft capital to me is
1: is the round, give or take. I mean, like yeah. It's, it's like it's, there's a there's a kind of a cutoff point. There's a demarcation, but it's not 11. It's no. like it's well beyond that. In yeah, the first yeah,
0: but but even like even Lamar Jackson was taken at what, 28 or 29. Like yeah, I, Lamar Jackson was my number one quarterback in that class because he had exactly what you wanted f- mm-hmm. for fantasy football. Now, sometimes it's not exactly what teams want for NFL football, or they haven't quite figured out if it's what they want for NFL football. And so things you know fall and and but you you, you can't just say Zach Wilson was taken at, at two overall, so he's the, the 102 in, in rookie draft. Well, he's not the second most talented quarterback. I don't think with landing spot he's the third most talented
1: quarterback. I think that's Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think at this point, and and man, I love, I I love Zach Wilson's talent. I don't love the landing spot, and like going in, he was my quarterback too, just because of the, you know, the it it's like the the scrambling, the mobility, um, without you know, just kind of looking to take off and run. Like, I I don't know. I I'm I'm usually. I like I get it with the mobile quarterbacks. I know that that rushing upside is is crucial for fantasy football purposes. For dynasty, like the you know the ability to extend a play while still looking downfield, looking to throw, is something that I really value because I feel like that's a skill set that transitions into you know a a, a more sustainable um, style of play. Yeah, And, uh, you know, and I, I like I do think that all these guys have that. Um, it's just like Zach Wilson, there was a, uh, w- at least what I saw on film. There was a lot of, you know, again, extend the play and then making throws on the run that were, you know, he, he didn't lose any accuracy. He didn't lose any velocity. And that's very that's very rare. Um, and that's a very useful tool at the pro level. But yeah, again, the, it it kind of fell off with the landing spot for me. Well,
0: and, and Wilson to me, you know, like you said, he, he makes those great off platform throws and he moves the pocket and, and he'll make two or three of those in a row. And you're like, man, like, how did you make that throw? And then he'll throw one into the middle of like two defenders. And, and like, obviously this past year, he wasn't picked very often, but, but he'll throw that ball into the middle of defenders, and you're like, man, how, <laughs> how did you make that throw? Like, what, what are we doing? What happened there? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's and it's this, like, people have comped him to Mahomes and people have comped him to Brett Favre because he's got that, like, gunslinger mentality. The problem with that, to me, is when when you're chasing unicorns, if something resembles a unicorn – it, it's it's really we figure out that we don't know what makes a unicorn mm-hmm. like just because something looks like a unicorn doesn't make it a unicorn there's a reason why there's only one Mahomes there's a reason why there's only one Tyreek Hill like the, you know these these guys that's not a mold that you can follow you know and and be successful most of the time because these guys have something that that is just different and and I think the the other thing that drives me nuts about Wilson, he's very accurate. He puts the ball on guys all the time. Like, it, it, it's, it's he's really, really good, especially on the move. But there's a difference between putting the ball on somebody and putting the ball out where they can make a play. And And one of the things that I saw with Zach Wilson is a lot of times the ball is in on the body of a receiver and they have to stop or turn – to make the catch and they're not able to add yards after the catch. And that that turns me off in an NFL setting, especially. Like I want that quarterback who is able to throw his receivers open after the catch, not only for the receivers, but also the quarterback gets those yards. So mm-hmm. if, if you throw the ball to like it was the Odell Beckham used to do this fantastically with Eli, because Eli could hit him in stride on that slant. And all of a sudden, Odell Beckham would take a 12-yard slant, 80 yards, yeah. and 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 all. Now all of a sudden, Eli is throwing an 80-yard touchdown. I mean, <laughs> and he, and it only went 12 yards in the air. And I think that Zach Wilson loses a little bit of that. He doesn't have that ability to, or at least hasn't shown it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: to to hit guys and and create yards after the catch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all definitely fair too. Plus so, the Jets,
0: man. <laughs> I,
1: know, I know that's that's the thing. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about that for a second. I still want to. I still want to get to those next two quarterbacks as well. But again, here we are. So let's <laughs> talk about it. Is it like I I I can't help but wonder if this is a little overblown? You know, I I mean we do have man, we've got several decades at this point of ineptitude. Um, it does seem to be institutional. Um, but I think that, I mean, y- you have to like what they did in the draft overall. Yeah. Um, you know, Robert Soleil comes from, you know, kind of a, a, just a, a different environment, a different culture altogether that, you know, seems to to kind of translate, you know, the, the way the, well, the Belichick tree, I guess, for some reason, doesn't seem to translate <laughs> outside of Foxborough. But you know, you some of these some of these coaching trees, you know, you you really just kind of see the same type of approach. And, and you know, you got to think that there's that there could be some of that. Also, I mean, it's just very basic math. Addition by subtraction. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when you're talking about yep. Adam Gase, yep. So, yeah, I, I like i i i, I am going to be curious I, about this. The entire off season. is it institutional or is was it just kind of the you know the the previous regime? I I will tell you as a Patriots fan mm-hmm.
0: and a lifelong Patriots fan, it's really strange to see. The Jets and the Dolphins and the Bills all doing ostensibly the right things, which yeah. I mean, like it's really wild to see, and it's it's actually fun for me to see these other teams like all of a sudden like have the the light come on and they're like, oh well, we need to do X, Y, Z. We need you know we need to acquire picks and we need to you know bolster our defense and we need to. Draft a young quarterback because that allows you the flexibility with that salary. You know, having a having a rookie quarterback, which means you have a salary you know below the the top twenty in the NFL. Like all of a sudden, that allows you to do a whole bunch of things, like sign Stefan Diggs. You know, acquiring a whole bunch of picks allows you to put a whole bunch of players next to Tua. All of a sudden, you know, acquiring extra picks with with the Jets. I mean, they can all of a sudden. Make moves and, and draft zach Wilson and then come back and draft Elijah Moore, who for my money was probably wide receiver five in this draft, mm-hmm. and, and they got him at wide receiver six. So, like you're not that's not a, a huge you know value, but they, they're making that pick where they're actually acquiring the wide receiver five in the draft, which is is wild. You're putting you're putting actual, you know, pieces around this young quarterback. Maybe, maybe there, you know, and then the, and then they did some great things on defense. So, like they that watching the Jets have that draft, I was like, uh oh, like this. We we may be in a new era here, which <laughs> I, I'll I'm still I'm still tentative. I'm still yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. But like
1: there are steps in the right direction in East Rutherford. Yeah. For sure, and I do think that it's fair to take the approach of, like you said, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I, like I think that that's fair, and I think that it's fair to to grade Zach Wilson off of the idea that I mean, this it, it could go either way. This could have it could have been, you know, Adam Gase. It could have been, you know, the uh, the last two uh, general managers, and now I already forgot both names, but. You know, um, like it it, it could have been just kind of the regimes. Um, The regime change could make all the difference. That's absolutely possible. It's also possible that this is just like this is this is just going to be the Browns for a while. (laughs) You know, this is just going to be that.
0: It was the even even a blind squirrel finds a nut occasionally draft (laughs) and then they're back of the Jets.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know, even even a a quarterback who you know I I I think is very has some raw talent that, like I said, can be sustainable. You know it it it, it can still be it, it can go either way. You know, um, so yeah, it's like it's it's fair to say that. You know, I'm, I'm going to take a wait and see approach here <laughs> because I haven't seen the Jets do something right in a while. Um, so yeah, uh, back to those, uh, those last two quarterbacks though, or those first two quarterbacks though, um, fields and, and Lance, this is one that I think a lot of people are running into. I know that I am. Um, I went on trades HQ last week and I, I kind of got some shit for saying this. Like I've ended up either in 102 or 103 in a lot of my rookie drafts. And at first it felt like 102 is impossible to navigate because, you know, do I want fields or do I want Lance? And, you know, I would really like to be at 103 so that somebody has to make the decision for me. <laughs> So then I land in 103 in another rookie draft and somebody takes Kyle Pitts 102 and I'm still stuck with the <laughs> same thing, same freaking dilemma. So um and and just real quick like the I I didn't earn 102, I didn't earn 103 in very many of these leagues. I don't <laughs> like I don't have my own picks. In most leagues, it's usually me trading. That's not, no judgment here. Really. <laughs> well, you thank you, rebuild. because there was plenty of it the no. other night. <laughs> but like, I mean, so my home league where I just I had just won back to back championships. I traded Kamara for one hundred two and one hundred three, and felt pretty good about that move. Um, you know, I so I took Najee Harris at one hundred two, and I think like you know I, I there's There's a good chance that Kamara outperforms him in 2021. But after that, man, I think that from 2022 on, I think I won that deal just off of Najee Harris alone. But, you know, and then I got that extra pick. But then it was like, all right, which one of these guys is the (laughs) pick? And I sat on the clock. I, I listened to podcast after podcast trying to figure this out. I finally went with Justin Fields and it's because I heard you talking to J Mike about, about these quarterbacks and you know, a lot of uh, the, the Dak Prescott comparisons um, at least with the rushing abilities um, you, you seem to be um, a lot more, a lot more confident in his passing abilities than a lot of people seem to be. Um, I, I, I don't totally know what, what that's about. And again, like you said, there's the draft capital is kind of throwing people off. And what I would say to that, by the way, is think about the, think about the balls that it takes for the Chicago bears to trade up again this soon for a quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. They've got to be pretty confident in what they're getting. They've got to be pretty excited about what they're getting because if they make that move again and it goes it you know it goes sideways on them again i mean that's <laughs> like career ruiners that's not just you're getting fired ryan pace that's ryan pace you're never working in the nfl again yeah you know so like they they must have felt pretty good about justin fields to make that move um and i to me that's more compelling than the actual you know falling to 11 I think so many people got caught up
0: in the the laundry with Fields. Yeah, got caught up in o- Ohio State and got caught up in the fact that Dwayne Haskins was not great, and that Ohio State really hasn't had a quarterback come out for a, a long time that that was you know a, a viable NFL quarterback, and and they just kind of we fall into this trap sometimes where. You know, you you look at a guy and you make a comp, or you look at a guy and you you make a connection in your mind, and it's not necessarily accurate or indicative of of a player's talent. Mm-hmm. And I think that happened with Fields. I, I think that that Fields got a lot of uh, kind of negative press, and a and and again for things that Ohio State's not asking him to do, for things that that just you know. Just because he he didn't do them in the the confines of of Ohio State's offense, I think does not necessarily mean that that he can't do things. And when he was asked to throw the ball downfield, or when he was asked to make a second read, like he did it, like he he was fantastic. And so I, I am with you, and and you're looking for confirmation bias, and and I'll give it to you with 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 Fields. I think that with you know Trey Lance. If that's your decision between Fields and Lance, I think Trey Lance is a, a longer shot to be a a really great NFL quarterback. And and it's not that he can't be. And his is probably his ceiling is a little bit higher, just because I think he's the best runner in this class. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't think that there is a, a, a question in my mind that that. That uh, Trey Lance out of the out of the the group of quarterbacks, if there was somebody that you said, "Hey, who's going to be the Lamar Jackson of this class?" It's Trey Lance. Now he's obviously not Lamar Jackson, but he's got that instinct, that run first, that that ability to like be a real weapon with his legs that that nobody else has. the The interesting thing, though, I, I again, I think it's going to be a little bit of a developmental thing whether they they develop him on the field or whether they sit him behind Garoppolo remains to be seen. But I do think that, that there's going to be a little bit of development with, with Lance. And there's this really weird thing that I've been, I've been kind of kicking around a theory about the, the, you you mentioned you like the quarterbacks that have the ability to run, uh, but aren't necessarily a a primary runner. Mm -hmm. And, I like to have players on teams with quarterbacks that have the ability to run, but are not the primary runner. Because I think, yeah. again, this is a hypothesis. I don't. I, I, haven't, I haven't delved into this. I haven't proved it. But I think that what happens is when you would normally see uh, Mahomes or Prescott or you know some of these some of these mobile quarterbacks, but not not primary runners. Uh, Russell Wilson, or even some of the, the guys like Brady who can't move, when they get in trouble, their go-to is a check down. Their go-to is, okay, we're going to find that running back, we're going to find that pressure relief valve, you know, or the tight end or or a slot receiver. And I think that with these these running quarterbacks, these primary running quarterbacks, you don't have that instinct. That first instinct is, I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm using my legs and I started looking at, at Trey Lance and Trey Lance, uh, had 192 completions in, in 2019, 192, 25 were to the running back. That's less than 13%. Yeah. And and so now all of a sudden, you know, we're, I'm going to, I'm stepping back from like evaluating Trey Lance, but evaluating the the situation of players, and I, I know you said you like Trey Sermon. I'm looking at Trey Sermon going, okay, he wasn't a great pass catcher coming out of college. Now he's going to be in a backfield where Trey Lance is, is probably going to run the ball a fair amount, and Trey Lance is probably not checking down to running backs as much as somebody like Garoppolo. So now I'm I'm losing a little bit of my rushing. I'm losing quite a bit of my, my receiving work. And even though initially it looked like a great spot for Sermon because that blocking scheme is fantastic. They open up holes and that's exactly what he needs. Get downhill, I think you're I think you're losing some of that upside with with pass catching just because Trey Lance is so good with his legs. He's not, I mean, it's it's the same thing where everybody wants JK Dobbins to be this the next coming, the next top tier running back. I'm not convinced he is because Lamar Jackson is is going to run the ball 140 or 150 or 160 times and he's not checking down to running backs. And and so this it's just this that that extra little yeah, with with landing in San Francisco
1: with Trey Lance. No, it makes sense. Man, I'm gonna have such a hard time giving up my Trey Sermon stuff. But
0: well, and and he's still like he's still my running back four in this class. Like I, you can't. I don't think you can get away uh, away from it. But my running back four falls at at like two, like the like pick sixteen or seventeen or eighteen. Like Mm. it's he's down the board quite a ways just because I don't think you have the, the. the huge upside that that you might have had somewhere else, or you might have had with the with a different quarterback. And I, like, if if Garoppolo's there, mm-hmm. and Garoppolo's going to be the quarterback for the next two years, Trey Lance is going to be money. I mean, not Trey Lance. I mean, Justin Sermon uh, is is going to be or Trey Sermon is going to mm-hmm. be fantastic. Like, he's going to be like that's exactly the offense you want him in. But if Trey Lance is
1: the quarterback. I think it I think it tweaks the the receptions. Yeah. So just to uh to kind of start to wind things down a little bit in uh when we do get to the second round you know like not just with this class but just kind of philosophically what what do you do with those second round picks? I mean are you kind of going best player available in a super flex by the way or like are you are you looking at um are are you you know yeah are you going kind of bpa is there a certain position that you kind of default to uh, do the quarterbacks in this particular class do they do anything for you um, in that range like do they start to move up into a tier I mean, if if Mac Jones
0: falls to this early second, I'll I'll go grab him, but I don't think he is. I think people are taking him earlier, even yeah. though again, if I come back to the number forty-two. The guy had forty-two rushing yards in college, like <laughs> yeah. period. Like I, I literally have forty-two rushing yards running across the street to get a hamburger on lunch, and like. I, so, so just because the rushing matters so much in scoring fantasy, like I have him probably lower than than most people. But if I'm being honest with what happens with my second round picks, normally I don't have them by this time. Mm-hmm. Normally, I trade. I'll trade my second round picks, and then what, what I will do is if I'm in a a, a situation where I, I look at the draft board and say. Uh somebody like Elijah Moore or maybe Diami Brown has fallen or or Trey Sermon if that's your flavor. Uh and I like them. I can mm. always buy on credit. I can always take next year's second and package that with a third in this draft and get a second and take the guy I want. But but I I usually don't have second round picks in because I, I do that, because I buy on credit, because I sit there and go, Yeah, you know, I'll I'll trade ahead. And then I can I can pick what player I want. And so now all of a sudden I'm not I'm not confined by my my draft slot because I don't have a draft slot. Mm-hmm. I figure out, okay, uh, you know, Elijah Moore has fallen to 204. All right, I'm going to package my my uh, third round pick and my second round pick from next year. I'm going to move up and grab Elijah Moore, and and really all I've spent is a third because next mm-hmm. year when it comes to that second round, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to buy on credit, and we just keep kicking that can down down the road, and and so that's how I end up approaching the second round of drafts because I don't think you can, I don't think you can bank on those players. I mean the 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 hit rate is, is, you know, inversely proportional to the, your, the, the picks, basically Uh, you know, your, your top half of the first round is about a 50%, you know, it's a coin flip. Once you start getting into the second round, you're about a 35, 40%. Once you get into the third round, it's like 15, like it's, it just your hit rate on players goes down. And so I can, I can maximize my hit rate by taking specific players that that I think are are more likely to hit rather than just take what falls to me yeah so I don't that probably didn't answer your question I didn't give you a guy but that's like that's how I approach like later rounds of drafts I just I, I'm I'm a sniper I'm, I'm the I'm tacit assassin and I'm just sitting there <laughs> nice. waiting the guy falls and I'm like all right I'm gonna move in I'm gonna buy on credit for, for with my next year pick and then next year we'll worry about that when it comes. And if there's somebody I want to move in for, then I'm going to use you know the the 2023 pick. And and so that's that's just how kind of I, I operate in the in the later rounds.
1: Let me throw some names at you. This is going to I think this is going to be <laughs> my last question for you. But let me throw uh, I've got five names for you. Uh, are any of these guys guys that you'd be willing to jump into the early third round trade into the early third round, uh, as a, as a lotto taking in a super flex. So obviously we've got Davis mills first pick of the Houston Texans at a, in a very, uh, unsettled quarterback situation <laughs> right at the minute, right at the moment, we've got Kellen Mond, uh, second round pick, third round pick. Um, but
0: third Six, yeah. pick 66. I've got him. He was quarterback seven.
1: There you go. There you go. So, brought into, uh, I mean, certainly is the understudy to Kirk Cousins, and I believe they've got an out in that contract If if it's not just straight up expiring after 2021. They could be looking for the new quarterback of the future as early as 2022. Kyle Trask behind Tom Brady, I mean... Like you, you've got a, a very similar player with Kyle Trask, but man, like how the hell long does he have to wait? <laughs> Jamie Newman to the Eagles, uh, really pretty similar player to Jalen hurts, I believe. And, uh, you know, certainly mobile. Um, and Jalen hurts doesn't, it doesn't sound like he's got much of a leash, I, I don't know that I would buy Joe Flacco as a real threat to him, but maybe Jamie Newman could be that. <laughs> and then, uh, like he, here's here's to me. This is this was my favorite kind of sneaky quarterback, and I actually really like the landing spot is Ian Book. Um, I you know I uh, another another very mobile guy. I, I you know I think that there's kind of some some comparisons there with with what they already have with Jameis Winston. Um, obviously doesn't have the draft capital, (laughs) doesn't quite have the size, but man, Jameis Winston has been one of the most annoying players (laughs) to me (laughs) for so long. And like the fact that, that this was even a debate that I had to have when he was quarterback three overall for fantasy purposes, but he led the Bucks to what eight and eight, seven and nine, and it's like these. Here's here's the bottom line, guys. These quarterbacks have got to win games, and you're not going to win games throwing a, a an interception on the first possession <laughs> of every damn game. You're not going to do it. So you know, like it. It's great that he helped us for fantasy purposes, but he's not going to keep that job playing the way he did. And I don't know that those problems have gone away. There could be an opportunity for Ian Book. Any, do any of those guys interest you in the early third round? I, I think the the one that, that I would make my play
0: for is going to be Kellen Mond uh, in Minnesota. But I will say that, everything I've done for research on quarterbacks and, and looking at guys who have limited draft capital. If you're outside of the first round mm-hmm. as a quarterback, like your chances of being viable for fantasy football are somewhere between nine and 11%. Like it just, there are so mm-hmm. many guys that get drafted and not very many of them come in and are, are relevant and and the ones that are, aren't relevant for very long. So what I tend to do, and you, you can't, it's you can't do this in in superflex, and you can't because because everybody is is trying to hit that next Dak Prescott. They're trying to hit the next you know that late round quarterback that that they can they can fly. But what what I tend to do when I'm playing in don't you can cover years because I I play in a couple <laughs> of single quarterback leagues. But but what I'll do is will I'll kind of wait and see in the preseason, what kind of happens before I make my jump. And maybe you can do that in, in superflex, where instead of, instead of spending that draft capital, you're going to have to pay a little extra, but you're still not paying the, the big price yet to acquire uh, the player. But like, wait till there's a little buzz. Wait till you see uh, them be efficient in not just the NFL setting, but in the offense that, that, you know, the team is, is running. And, and that was like, I got, man, I got Dak Prescott in, in like week one of the preseason or week two of the preseason, his rookie year, everywhere, everywhere, all the leagues that I'm in. And it was just a matter of like, man, he looks good. I'm going to take a flyer now. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you're, if you're putting my feet to the fire and, and saying, you are going to have to trade up into the third round and and make a pick on one of these quarterbacks it's going to be Kellen Mond uh i think that he's he's got kind of everything you're you're looking for where he's mobile can move the pocket he's not necessarily a a run first uh guy his his accuracy is a li- a little less than than what you'd like to see but i mean again we're talking we're talking a third round quarterback. I mean, he went 66 overall. It's not, this is, this is not the cream of the crop. This is not, you're, you're out of the Lawrence and and Wilson and and Trey Lance and Justin Fields range. I mean, like we're, we're not there anymore. So yeah. that, that, that would be my, that would be my guy. I think books, books scares me with his, with his arm. Like I think book is, is super athletic and, but you've, you've already got Taysom Hill there. Like if you if you want a guy to come in and be athletic and like throw occasionally and and move that offense, you got you got Taysom Hill that they're already paying like two quarterbacks right now. Like he's, right. he's on that stupid money deal, but um, but yeah, like I'm I'm with you. The situation seems prime because yeah. I don't think like I, I don't think Winston gets it done, and I I I honestly like I, I don't think that they've got the quarterback of the future in New Orleans but I, I don't know that ian book is the quarterback of the future either so it's it, it would be mon for me um but look shoot your shot like at that point like a third round pick a fourth round pick like shoot your shot like if, <laughs> yeah. if they if they hit it's it's awesome if they don't guess what you get another one next year so the, yeah. you know the, that's the beautiful thing about about rookie picks is that's capital that regenerates I mean, it's almost like planting a garden every year. You know, it's going to come up and you're going to have squash and you're going to have third round picks and it's going to be beautiful.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I've been saying, like I said, for at the top, I've been saying for like the last month, I don't know why everyone wants to talk like exclusive <laughs> exclusively. Like, I mean, the rookies are important for, you know, for our, for it's the new hotness. Who- <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's what it is. It's, it's the holiday. It's, you know, it's the presence under the tree, nope. you know, but it's, it, and, and it's fine because, you know, in, in any dynasty league that's in, you know, year one plus N, you know, this is, this is the event. This is it. This yeah. is kind of all we've got. So, you know, it, it makes some sense, but it's like, if you're doing this, if you're doing any startups right now, Why the hell are we trying to figure out what you're going to do with your third or fourth round rookie pick? Get rid of it. Trade it away. I don't, I don't, I don't. And in fact, you know, I'm in a a DLF Champions Cup series. We don't have a taxi squad. So Mm. I have absolutely no interest in making picks beyond the second round. You know, if I can't stash them, get them off of active roster, I have no use for them. They're not going to, they're there. It's very, very unlikely that they're going to be useful to me at any point when there are players who I can actually potentially start out there on waivers. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, if you do happen to have a third round pick, you know, you just found (laughs) it in your, your couch cushions or whatever. Uh, I I feel like you could do worse than taking a shot on you know on one of these quarterbacks. Um, if Kellen Mond is your guy, go for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. What else, man? Like we've we've definitely gone over time, but Zach, I could seriously talk to you forever <laughs> about this stuff. And in fact, like either way, we need to get back to this sooner rather than later so that we can talk just just ball in general not just not just the rookies let's just do let's hit as much of it as we possibly can next time what do yeah, you think that,
0: that that'll be a blast i mean we could run it back i mean it's only 11:15 here we could no, just <laughs> start all over
1: part 2 round 2 <laughs> <laughs> part 2 second round yeah yeah <laughs> 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 uh but i mean were there any players that we didn't get to that that we would be remiss if we didn't hit on a little bit i mean it's funny we we did this whole
0: thing and we didn't talk running backs
1: oh that's <laughs> like we, true
0: like we didn't but i mean
1: i, Trace I that, a little but
0: yeah, yeah but but I, but I think that really that's this class like there are literally three running backs uh and then and then I'll give you Trey Sermon as the four he's, but he's trailing behind a little bit, but like really like Najee, ETN Javante Williams. And to me, you put them in a bag, shake them up because all three of them got great landing spots. Uh, mm-hmm. I think if you're playing, if you're, if you're competitive this year, uh, Najee Harris probably has the best chance of being, you know, the, the producer this year. think he's got a great spot in Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I joked with J. Mike last night. So he's got has been throwing uh, throwing the ball to him. So it's he's just like he can't throw the ball over you know eight yards anymore. And so you know Roethlisberger actually makes Najee Harris uh, that much more appealing. I really think ETN landed in a good spot. I know everybody he's hating on it, but I, like he's landed in a spot where the coach said he's going to be a third down back. Well, what what scores the most points in PPR? It's the receptions. It's point per reception. That's how we play. So if he's automatically the passing down back with a quarterback that he played with in college, who unlocked his receiving potential, and then you've got the chance of him adding more touches because I think he's actually pretty good. I, I don't think he's a great grinder. I don't think you can get him inside like you can with James Robinson. Uh, but i do think that if if you get him out in space and give him you know 12 to 15 16 touches where he's out on the outside and he's getting the ball through the air and has a chance to to use that you know elite speed i mean he's basically ronald jones with the ability to catch the ball which would make ronald jones really dangerous if if you could do that so like i like that and i like Javante Williams in Denver I mean, he's got a chance to be a bell cow there. He, he is legit. He was my running back one. I kept flipping back and forth with him and Najee Harris, but but they're basically graded out the same. But I think that Javante Williams is a little better as a pass blocker and a little better on, on third down. They actually took Michael Carter off the field on third downs often for Javante Williams at North Carolina just because he's so good in pass protection and and can catch the ball. And so, you know, all three of those guys, I think it's, it's really, really, we got great landing spots. They got great capital. I mean, you're you're talking first round for ETN and Najee Harrison and pick 35 overall. So just barely into the second round for Javante Williams. I mean, man, I like, I, I like that. I have them back to back to back after, uh, after zach wilson so i got my my first six with the the three quarterbacks the two receivers in in chase and smith and then pitts and then zach wilson and then bang 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 running backs so uh, there were we we quick covered them i mean
1: I, I, we don't need to spend too much time but but yeah. there you have it <laughs> yeah hell yeah do you put them in a in a tier with zach wilson or is it their own tier I think
0: in Superflex you have to take the quarterback as
1: as just a
0: nudge above those running backs. Um, e- even though I think all three running backs are good and all three running backs have potential to to be, you know, very good for your fantasy team. I think that the the chance that Smith is a, I mean that that um, Wilson is a top. I mean, if he ends up in the top 12 or 14, he's going to be more valuable than a running back who's going to be, you know, 8 to 12 or 8 to 15 or 8 to 16. And I think that's probably where uh, where Najee Harris falls. I feel like that's probably right around the range where Javante Williams falls. I will say that ETN, if you're going to take an upside swing, ETN has the 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 biggest ceiling. And I hate when people say that the biggest ceiling and they don't define it. But I'll define it for you. What I'm what I'm looking for with a running back with ceiling is the ability to get into the top 5 and in order to do that, you got to carry the ball somewhere between 175 to 225 times. If you get above that, great, you're Derrick Henry, but like that that range, but you also have to have the ability to catch more than 50 passes. And so I think that of these running backs, the only guy who fits all of that criteria is Travis Etienne. Now he's not going to start off that way, he, he isn't. But you can see this shaping up to look a little bit like that. That uh, Kamara, you know, his his first year, where you know he was the satellite back and he wasn't taking all the touches. You had Mark Ingram who was taking the between the tackle stuff, and and then all of a sudden that Kamara role grew. I could see a little bit of that happening. Where James Robinson plays that Mark Ingram role, ETN plays the Kamara role, and then ETN's role grows because he is really talented in space. And so that's that's the one the one caveat is if you're swinging for the absolute upside, it's it's ETN out of these three. But I think you're going to be happy no matter where you go with them.
1: Yeah, people, I think probably love. Javante Williams just for the fact that they don't have to hear my Mike Boone is the best running back on the <laughs> roster <laughs> takes any <anymore. laughs> I I literally had somebody tell me takes like this are exhausting. Like <laughs> <laughs> So is that, man. So yeah. <laughs> is that <laughs> uh good stuff, dude. Yeah, like I said, we uh we need to catch back up. Um, and, and, you know, not just focus on the rookies, but just talk dynasty theory, super flex theory, get into all of it, get into some specific names and, uh, we'll, we'll do it once rookie fever finally dies down (laughs) for good. But I know that, I know that you really enjoy this time of year. Um, this is, uh, this is kind of your time to shine. And, and I'm so thankful that you're here so that I don't have to, (laughs) 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 but seriously like i just i i get so much out of listening to you i get so much out of talking to you and it's just it's shameful that it took this long to bring you back and to get you one-on-one here and get your thoughts on the rookies this is definitely the class to do it though so i'm i'm (laughs) i'm glad that we made it happen i really appreciate your time
0: no, thank you for having me. This was an absolute blast. And I, like, yeah. I, I don't get out much. I don't get to, you know, I don't get to <laughs> chop it up. And and it, it has, it has been way too long since you and I have done this and, and yeah. we'll have to do it again soon. Uh, this was an absolute blast. And, and You have uh, the same issue that everybody else has when they try to record. They can't get me to shut up, and so we've gone like we we've gone an hour (laughs) and a half, and uh, just like we could go another two. But I,
1: I, the I, I mean, I do that when I go solo, so I don't even know that it's you. I think that (laughs) you just have two talkers, and (laughs) (laughs) and and. But I mean, seriously, like I I could listen to you talk rookies for hours we won't do that to the listeners (laughs) um but uh, like i i could do it pretty easily um you also ended up being just kind of the perfect guest this week for me like just kind of like peek behind the curtains i mean you know like i i got that second vaccine shot you had just got it so you knew you knew the score you knew the deal and you were super flexible with me um you're super flexy there you go i mean that's that's but, on brand
0: isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah exactly
1: <laughs> and uh yeah and and just kind of talked me through the process of getting your ass kicked by a shot and <laughs> trying to bounce back from it <laughs> uh for the good of society so no yeah. I, i'm i i
0: i'm i'm glad that i'm glad that you got the shot i feel th- like like everybody ought to be doing that. Like we ought to get on board with this. Science is a thing, but yeah. I'm also glad that you're feeling better and, and you're, 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 you're out from underneath the truck that ran you over. Cause it, it hit me. It hit me about three days before it got you. So I, I feel you, but, yeah. uh, but we, you you know, you're on the downhill side thing. Things are looking up and, and uh, yes. I, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad we, get, glad we got to do this. So, Yeah.
1: No, it was, yeah, it was all just, <laughs> it was all just perfect. It was just, you were, you were the guest that I needed uh, <laughs> for, for the recording itself and for everything leading up to it. It just, it just made sense. So Zach Reed at Tacit Assassin 13, Dynasty Dummies, Dynasty Funhouse podcast network. Did I get that right? That's the one
0: the the DFPN, the only at work in town. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Talking with our guy, J Mike, every, do you guys go every week?
0: We go occasionally. Uh, (laughs) it's been, it's been, uh, it's been a little interesting. So life has kind of gotten in the way. Uh, I'm, I'm finishing up, um, a Marine design and engineering degree while working 40 hours a week, uh, while also trying to parent occasionally. And so between Mm. that and, and Jay Mike's had a few things come up, uh, in, in his life that we, we, we like to be flexible too. I'm, I'm, I'm always of the opinion that, that fantasy football should be fun and it shouldn't be a burden. And so if, if we're at a point where, you know, it's, it's, a burden to either of us, then we just kind of shine it on people. People will listen, and we still get people download and 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 listen, and and if not, then we're still having fun talking, chopping it up. So that's 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 how we roll. We uh, we we're, we're actually we're putting out a show. well wow, once we once you and I get done, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, drop in the 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 open the song, and then uh, and then post
1: it. So we're, we're putting out a show this week. Nice, hey. That's uh, two weeks in a row. We're doing yeah. good. So, yeah, you know, it's yeah. baby steps. That's a that's a win. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. They they, sh- they should be listening, whether uh, whether it's consistent or not. You you all should be just uh, hanging back and waiting, because like I said, we're we'd all be dummies without the dummies. <laughs> I appreciate your time, my friend. We'll do it again very very soon. In the meantime, let's wrap it up for the week. And as we do that, ask you for a quick favor, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the DLF family of podcast mega feed. Uh, you can subscribe to Superflex city, get access to all the great podcasts that we've got over at Superflex city and get to hear Zach sing uh, every single episode. That's good stuff as well. <laughs> And uh, once you subscribe, if you do, us a huge favor: rate and review the podcast. Rate and review the Super Show. Um, it just helps us to get out to more people, and you know, just really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, our Super friends. Uh, get at us on Twitter at Superflex Show. Even better, though, I I don't even know why I bring up that account anymore. I check it so freaking rarely. Get at me individually at Superflex, dude. Zach's tacit assassin 13 both happy to retweet trade polls answer questions get at us in the dms if you're trying to hide from the league whatever whatever we're, we're here for it this episode was dedicated in loving memory to james the brain katulis thank you to dlf for the platform thank you to heart and soul radio for the music And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy.